It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back for another week heading into Memorial Day weekend. Myself, Taylor Smythe, RDT, Jake Banks alongside me here. Guys, Memorial Day weekend coming up. Obviously, we got sports to talk about, Orioles, Ravens, all different things. But but Memorial Day weekend, what's everybody got going on? Let's let's you know give an update to the listeners. Where where will where everybody be? Banks, I know. I think you're in Ocean City, obviously. Jake, you are also in Ocean City. RDT, you're not. So, but what what's everybody excited to do? Drink a couple natties, oh. you know, playing some golf on Friday, I think. Uh, hopefully try to hit the beach, man. I, it doesn't look like a great forecast. It's not going to be terrible, I don't think, but I think we're seeing some wind and some 60-degree days. So that's kind of projecting to be a little tough. Should we talk about the beach? I feel like that's a topic there. Uh, you're a big beach guy, like sit down in the sand, you know, set the chair down and kick it kind of guy? Like, yeah, I huh. am. So like my my friends who live there that I stay with every time, they are kind of those people. And uh, I am too, but like the fact that they live in Westo, it is kind of a little bit more of a mission, but they still always seem to find a way to, to you know, get it in. And uh, yeah, I like to bring a cooler out there, a couple, couple sodas and, you know, maybe crack open a book and, you know, get wet a couple times. It's, it's great. Where as West ocean city people, as someone that my family who's from ocean city, all had houses in West ocean city. So it was always like you went across and had your spot that you went to, where do you, where do they go? Like, where do they normally post up? I want to say like 30th usually is kind of where we hit the sweet spot a little bit, trying to get away from the rabble with the boardwalk there, but uh, you still want to be in the mix a little bit. You don't want to go too far. I don't think so. That's kind of, it's like between 30th and 50th. I want to say is where we always kind of wind up settling. It's not bad. I, we were always like around 14th was our normal spot that we went. My family now is a place on that street. But it's we, cool we to do that because board. like you can kind of, if you want to like pop up to the, like a, a little sort of boardwalk side bar and, you know, maybe grab a drink, like they got the, the tap house and some of the places there uh, that are, that are nice to kind of pop into. If you want to uh, maybe grab a quick frozen drink, that's actually kind of a good move, I think. But uh, yeah, we generally, we, we don't always do that, but when we do, it is kind of a nice surprise. Um, you're right. Not looking like mid sixties highs, which isn't, isn't awesome. At least the precipitation looks like it's not going to play a part, which is, which is always kind of the biggest downer, but wish we had some, some better temps. Like last weekend was beautiful. I wish it was last weekend's 2021 was an all time horrendous. That was such a disaster. Yeah, that was terrible. As long as we don't get that again, which it doesn't look like we will, I think we'll, we'll be good. Yeah. We, as long as if if the sun is shining, you know, sixties can still be nice weather. It's you know it's not, and it's not going to be too hot. So sure, that won't bother me. RDT, what will you do in your Ocean Cityless Memorial Day? What, what's on tap? Um, I don't know. I, I I may go to the game on Saturday, the Orioles game. I'm not sure yet. Uh, again, I, I mean, we, we place down at the beach. And I'm, I'm not one of the guys that's like, I have to go down and wait in wait in um, traffic and all that. While Mountcastle absolutely fucking smoked one into the bullpen. What's she gonna? Um, Great ass! I don't know. I'm, again, I've never been that guy, you know, that goes down there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Again, maybe go to the game. I'm not sure yet. Just Are you going go to go see the – are you going to see the City Connects? Are you going to buy one? I'm on it. I hope so. And I, I think that, that was going to be – I figured we'd get to that eventually. But, yeah, I would love to see them. I think we're gonna. I think we get to it right now. We will get into how the Orioles perform, but let's be honest. The big story of the last few days in the city, sports wise, has been the Orioles City Connects, which they debuted on Monday. To, 
I think everyone ranging from like, these are good to, I wish this was something different. I don't think anyone has gone like outright. These are awesome. There's some that out there a little bit like on the fringes and, or like, these are awful. I haven't seen it. Like these are awful. It's very much in that kind of like mid type of table. It feels like, but RDT, you are the, you know, voted on King of Orioles Twitter over the last couple of years. So I'll, I'll let you pontificate on this first. Your official statement, besides what you said on Twitter, but on this podcast where the official record is shown about the Orioles uh, City Connect uniforms. I think I had said, like in the blog that I wrote a couple weeks ago when they were leaked, like the picture doesn't look great. Like, yeah, they look boring. They look plain. But again, I'd rather them go that, like the plain route than the flashy, bright colors, Maryland flag everywhere. Um, then I said, like, let's wait till see the video because the video is going to tell why they look like that and what the colors are about and this and that. And it's exactly what they did. Um, and then, um, I was like, let's just see them on the players because again, they're, they're going to look so much better in game action. That it happens in football, it happens in, in everything, in every sport with these new uniforms. Everyone craps up and then they come out and they're like, oh, yeah, they're not that bad. I don't think they're awesome. I don't think they're awful. Like, I, I, like, I think they effectively look good. Like the photo shoots they did, the video was fantastic. Um, that whole rollout was really cool. And again, it's right on par with everything else the Orioles social media team has been doing. Um, it was just an awesome project. And and again, I think, and again, people are crapping on like, oh, well, they designed the underneath of the jersey, like inside. And again, it's like, well, it's part of the whole story about like, the, you know, inside the city and it's not what it looks like on the outside and stuff like that. I think they look, I think they look good. I think they'll look good in person. It's awesome. Jason starting on Friday him up there with the you know the the city connects i like the color on the collars and the sleeves and stuff like that i do wish that the color that colors the, those colors were going down the side of the pants i think they'd look cool or if they would have done baltimore in that um in that color but i've talked to some people who hate them and they're like they're ugly. I, I like them. and i was like you're gonna change your mind when you see them and they were like no but um and again yeah no one is like these are the best jerseys in baseball these are awesome I think I, I think um, June Lee, I think his name is for ESPN, ranked them like 19th out of five city connects or something like that. Which you know, maybe right around there. I mean, again, I think they're cool, they're fun. I know a lot of people. I had a lot of people on the mention being like, I didn't like them at first. I saw them. I went out and bought one. Like they're awesome. They look good in person. So people are coming around. But yeah, there's nobody like these are. There's a few people being like these are dog water, and then there's a couple people being like they're really really good, which. I think you're somewhere right in the middle, but I'm excited that I just said, I don't give a shit what they wear. As long as they win, I tweeted, I said, they can wear black trash bags. And if they win, who gives a fuck? Like it literally does not matter. So some guy goes to me, he goes, well, I've been waiting for these jerseys for three years. And it's like, well, we've been waiting for a good team for six years. <laughs> like, okay, like, again, it was like, if they were bad, they'd be like, sure, let's focus on jerseys. They're not bad. They have the second best record in baseball. Like, they can wear whatever the hell they want if they keep. Home. They can drink if they want, and they can wear whatever the hell they want. And I love that. Um, I love the sanctimony there. I, I think that's actually kind of a sick take. Like that's that's what you're worried about right now. Like that's that's kind of cool. Good for you, living in your own world and keep having fun. I will say, I had a tweet drafted up and I didn't send it because I was waiting for more people to be mad about it. And it said like, "We're talking about jerseys, not a game, not a game, jerseys." And it's just the AI gift. We're not even talking about practice. I kept it in the, I kept it in the holster, but I thought that was a. I, I, I here's my my thought, like I think you are RDT. I don't think that they're bad. 
I think that the biggest thing for me, and I we were texting about this a little bit, so you guys have heard this from me. I just think there are elements of them that are very good that I just wish were exploited more. And like you said, RDT, they did a fantastic job unveiling uniforms. The the video they did with the poet with the poet narration, the shots they did, you know, shout out to, to Tony Price and his team on Orioles video. The guy I used to work with the Maryland I've talked about before. He he does a fantastic job. And it was you know, I shot up a text and I was like, dude, th- this is awesome. Um, they did a g- really good job and they knew they they definitely knew we've got to explain this. We've got to explain every aspect. They did the graphics mm-hmm. very nicely done. Like at least for the Orioles fan base that's super locked in. This is the almost the argument I would make about City Connects. Like it isn't really about how they play nationally because like, you know, they're about connecting to something that people that are fans of the team or are present in the city should connect to, not necessarily what someone who's living in Minneapolis looks at Baltimore and thinks about. My biggest issue, I guess, was, like I said, they had elements of something, like, really great. The color pattern that they're using um, in the collar and on the sleeves that obviously have to be flipped over to be seen, and they're making a point of when they put them on mannequins and things, flipping the sleeves up, so that's a very big part of it. So they're not just, you know, black-on-black uniforms or, or at least just on a mannequin, black uniforms with Baltimore across the chest. I think they should have leaned into that color scheme fully. And mm-hmm. instead of telling the story in the way of like, hey, what you see on the surface is like Baltimore in one way. But then when you look underneath, you see this diverse, quirky thing. I like I like that story. I just think I would have been like, no, look at Baltimore and see the diverse quirkiness and look at all the color. And here's all the color right in front of you. Bam. And whether you put Baltimore across the chest of that or Charm City across the chest of that, whatever. That doesn't really like people are freaking out about Charm City not being on it. Okay, like you can. There's a world where that looks really good on a uniform. I'm, I'm sure, and maybe it will happen at some point down the road. That was my biggest thing. Is I, I was fine with everything they did, and I thought they rolled it out in a spectacular fashion. But ultimately, the uniforms are just kind of okay, um, and they're serviceable. And I like Baltimore across the front. I like seeing that. I like the beat, the the script B, and everyone freaks out because the script B is like, oh, it's the Red Sox, but that's a cool script B. It's cool. I think that's a hat that a lot of people will buy. Just the black with the script B. I think a ton of people will buy that hat. But I was texting mm-hmm. you guys like they put a photo out of the Oriole bird in front of the you can't clip these wings in text with that colorful sort of you know pattern in the background. My God, if they put that thing on a shirt or made a hat with that, I mean, that, those would fly off the shelves. It's not all about selling merch, but that's what uniform releases are. It's about selling merch to a certain extent. Um, I just think they should, they could have leaned way more into that, and I would have personally liked it. But uniforms are all a personal decision as someone that was just a part of rolling out retro uniforms that we thought everyone loved, and then there were people in comments being like, where are the Maryland prides? You know, I, I can like relate to the fact that you're never going to satisfy every person in your fan base about uniforms. But I just think there were elements of it that maybe could have been – like, quite frankly, I, I love the storytelling, but trumpeting that you're the first team to design the inside of a uniform. Like, I, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. great. But it's the inside of the uniform. It's not what people see. Like, a uniform is about what's on the outside. And they did a good job explaining the story of why that's not just what a uniform is about. But to me, that's just not how I look at it. So, once again, great rollout. Fine jersey. I'll be interested to see what it looks like in actual game action. I do agree with you, RDT. You can't judge a jersey when it's laying on a table in a leak. Like, that's just not how the uniform's ultimately going to look. So it looked way better on the guys. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they're fine. I think they're fine. I think a lot of people are going to buy that hat. 
And I think we're going to see a lot of that hat. And ultimately, a little bit off your point, RDT, thankfully, this really good team has four awesome uniforms they already wear. So it's not like we were like sitting and waiting for amazing City Connects to save the Orioles uniforms. They are argue- arguably mm-hmm. the best uniform set in the entire sport. So, you know, it's not like a huge loss that the City Connects aren't banging. But I think they could – I just think they could have done it differently. And um, But like I said, great rollout. Good job by them. Good by the, job by them realizing they needed to educate every last detail of it because otherwise people would have been totally lost. So mm-hmm. – that's kind of where I where I stand on it. I love that colored man. That I, they need to put that color on some more merch. Like that was a miss. Like the sweatshirt, not having that. If it had it in the hood, I would have the, it. Yeah, I would have already bought yeah. it. I would have already bought it because yep. I don't really want to wear the jersey. So like, you got to give me something with the other elements. Neither does Eric, by the way. Yeah, they didn't really deliver that in the merch line. Like, I will wear a jersey, but I wouldn't wear that one. But if you give me a hoodie with that, like, lined in all – I would buy that hoodie probably, but it's not mm-hmm. that. What do you think, Banks? Yeah, I'm kind of with the general public. It's kind of meh. Like like you said, they have, the fact they had to explain all these things, especially on the inside of the jersey, means like <clears> – <throat> I mean, what's the point of even having a design if it's going to be on the inside for the most part? Um, so it – it didn't really do a lot for me. Like I can appreciate the fact they didn't take the low hanging fruit that is the Maryland flag or the Baltimore flag thing. Um, the Baltimore flag, maybe more so, I would have accepted. Um, but it's just like it's pretty plain Jane. Like the black pants is, uh, it's an interesting look when it comes to baseball, and I'm sure when they really go out there like in the field because they're doing prom- promotional videos and they're in a studio and there's all this color and like all these kinds of things. And you see players out there actually in like black cleats and actual baseball gear and whatever, um, black tape, like all that type of stuff. Like I'm sure it'll look that much cooler. Um, so it's, it's like, it's kind of like Eric said, like it's, it, it's not something to get super fired up about, like, cause there's so much to like about the team itself right now. Um, you almost are kind of like, why didn't you kind of fire this, these bullets off when the team was terrible and it would have been something to actually talk about when there was nothing to talk about, but um, the birds are playing great and that's where my focus is. So you'd have to think that the Orioles were not high on Nike's priority list in the city connect rankings yeah. when it no. started. Yeah. A couple of years yeah, ago, because like, why would, I mean, why would you, why would you do You're not, they're not going to sell like hotcakes. I actually think it helped them that they're good when these came out because now it wasn't like the big like if they were 15 games under 500 it's like oh at least we have some cool uniforms maybe and then it was these i think we would hate on them way more because they need they would need something to kind of save their opinion of the team where now it's like ah okay these are out there they'll wear them a few times they won't wear them in the playoffs so all of our great memories and i guess i saw somebody tweet like ah when the first time someone like walks walks it off in these uniforms people will feel better about them that's probably a little bit true See some good things. Mm-hmm. If they start losing in them, people are going to start to hate these. So I think. Well, it's it's what um, the Red Sox did a couple of years ago when they wore the yellow ones, where they kept winning in them. So they were like, "We're going to wear these in the playoffs. We're going to wear these every game instead of every Friday." So yeah, you know, I mean, baseball players are fucking weird. If something works, it's going to work, and they're going to yeah. keep going with it. So we'll see. Jake, are you are you in line there with it with everybody seemingly? 
I kind of like that they zagged a little bit. Uh, personally, I like that they did the storytelling aspect of it. I know it's not like a great look and it doesn't make a ton of sense to like come out with an idea and then have to explain it and over explain it. Like it's like, it's kind of the same thing as a joke. Like if you have to go out of your way to explain it, it's probably not that funny. So I get it from that perspective, but to Banks's point about like the low hanging fruit, like they very easily could have just done Maryland flag or like old Bay or whatever it might've been. And, sold a ton of these right off the bat like hotcakes and it would have been fine, but that just would have been very basic to me. And the fact that people are going to see that and maybe think like, Oh, what are they doing there? Those are kind of weird. Let me look into it. And then they, you know, they read that story and it's a nice little, nice little uplifting message about the city. I think that's kind of cool. So I don't mind it. And like the fact that they tried to do something again, I think, I think it's in keeping with their kind of public relations um, pivot that they've made really since this turnaround has begun. They've seemed very, aware of how to connect with their audience. They seem very uh, just aware of like how young and fun and cool this team is. Uh, and I don't know if this is necessarily a hundred percent parallel with that, but I do think it's kind of, it's in keeping with trying different things um, and just kind of keeping it fresh. And I, I do like it from that perspective. I'm not going to buy them anyway. Like I, I'm just, I'm not one of these guys that's like, and Eric too. I mean, Eric would never wear a Jersey anyway. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's one of those things where like, I, I I'm not going to like, wait in line like some people were to like go and buy these things at whatever 7 a.m. the other day um so it's kind of just like whatever like I'll, I'll see them on i'm like oh there's the you know the city connects and uh they look cool maybe they don't look cool i and i do think we will need to see them in action and i do wish that they had incorporated uh those colors into the trim of like the other stuff because maybe i would have gotten like a hoodie or something but yeah i i don't know they tried something i don't know if they fully connected maybe they just kind of hit a single here and we can all just move on it's fine I think the other two things I would say is, um, and you can see it in the the video that they did. You know, I don't, I can't speak to this because I'm not, you know, I, I wasn't a born and raised resident of the city, but it felt like that was more of the play to connect with people mm -hmm. that like grew up around a lot of these things for the majority of their lives, as opposed to like you know people that descend upon the city to watch the team, and not that there's like. And not those I saw people, are, and it's interesting you bring that up because I saw people like on actually both sides of that aisle that were like, "Oh yeah, this like does speak to like us city residents." Then there were other people, actually some people that like I know don't live in the city that were like kind of like politicizing it a little bit in that way, which I don't want to even go down that rabbit hole. But I thought that was yeah, kind of weird. So that's a deep dark hole. Yeah, it sparked sparked a sparked a lot of discussion in that way, and I do think it's interesting in that regard. Which I, which I, and that was one of the things I liked about the video and the explainers. Like they were making a genuine effort to be like, this is about, you know, this part of the city. And, and I, I don't, you know, I, I grew up outside the city. I, I live in the city now, but I don't claim to have like the greatest, you know, historical understanding of all the different elements of, of city neighborhoods and, and things like that. Um, but I liked that that was one of the angles they went through, as opposed to what you were saying, Jake, like old Bay uniforms, or do they go purple and black to just connect with Ravens people? Or do they do Maryland flag, which has been done 40 million different times, including by the Orioles um, in different ways. Um, so that I respected. And then the other thing, and I sort of said it in piggybacking off what you said, Jake, I just think the merch line could be a little bit better. Like to me, these type of alternates is more about what you get off the merch line because for a fan, because I, you can get just a little bit of variation in terms of what things look like. And I just wish that colorful stuff was all over the merch. I just think I want the, I want that pattern and the, you can't clip these wings. I would have bought that in 50 seconds. If they had taken that like, multicolored thing, that, that's they, also a sick, sick 
slogan. If they Six had taken slogan. the, it is, yeah, it's cool. And if they had taken that kaleidoscope uh, kind of color pattern thing and put it on a hat and like made the entire hat out of that, that hat would be on Spencer Schultz's head in less than five minutes after it was available. Like that, that's just, <laughs> that's right up his alley. He got the Ravens one with the, uh, I don't know if it was a crucial catch thing, but he had the tie dye thing. So that's, that's unfortunate that that didn't happen. Yeah. And with that, with the script to be especially a little bit of a variation from, you know, any of the bird logos that the Orioles have had would have been very cool. So, um, yeah, that was obviously the one of the big storylines in the weekend. I, I feel like, you know, people have kind of almost moved on from it. It wasn't like a multi-day, but that was a big, big topic of discussion a couple of days ago. Um, and as I said, sort of near the top, the team has such good uniforms anyway. Like, that's the th- I mean, the orange or the white or the gray or the black. I mean, it's just so good. Um, I was, that was the other thing. I was a little surprised of a team that already has a black top that they wear a decent amount went with an all black uniform. That was an interesting mm-hmm. choice by them to kind of keep it in a similar color. I did see somebody, a few people tweet, or maybe it was a player said it, that they would have liked like the orange on orange, like from back in the day, that would have been sick, that. but that to me is not really a city connect. That's more of like a, <laughs> that's more of a throwback that they could still go down that road at some point. Well, and they have the orange jersey. Maybe yeah. there's something Memorial Stadium based that they could have gone with. I don't know. I I can't really think of what that might be, but yeah, yeah. And the funny part is, I remember we have talked about this in the past. You know, it would be easy to say if we had like, and you were kind of saying there, banks like, I don't know what they could like. We didn't have like a great idea among any of us of like what's the slam dunk idea. So I can't like. You can't get on the Orioles either for them, you know, going down a different path that people didn't expect because we were like racking our brains trying to think of something that wasn't contrived, which is the stuff Jake was talking about. And that was also really cool. Nothing we, you know, we talked about this a couple of times. It never came up with anything. So um, they debut them Friday. Are they wearing them every home Friday or every Friday in general? Every, every Friday home game. Yeah. So they're replacing the black jerseys this year. Mm. Mm, I don't love that. Because sure Nike has the rule, the you can only have four jerseys. Nike made that rule. Really? So they're keeping the orange? Yeah. As an alternate? Yeah, yeah, they're keeping that, which I, I think that's the move. Yeah. See, I now, if the they, get to the, if the they get to the playoffs, though, they got to bring back the black tops and dump the City Connects. <laughs> we cannot yeah, wear the City it, Connects. Yeah. We cannot wear the City Connects. Should have partnered up with uh, Echo Unlimited and done a tribute to Naaman from The Wire. That would have been a great City Connect thing. Just the gaudiest possible mid two thousands tracksuit that would have that would have warmed my heart. Echo, Echo United is a tremendous tremendous reference. Talk about some talk about some maybe like a maybe you know who else was in the Echo United being like Ed Hardy he had that they had crazy Robert stuff. Pattinson famously wears it in the uh, Safety Brothers movie Good Time a couple years ago. Good movie really fucked up. Mm. Like many Safety Brothers productions, yeah, that was kind of really the first one. Um, let's talk about. The team on the field. Um, a sweep against Toronto this weekend, I think, headlines the last week of Orioles baseball. Split with LA. Obviously, they lost the heartbreaker last night to the Yankees as we record here on Wednesday night, but have just continued to keep pace against the better part of the schedule here. Um, and I, you know, I feel this like this is redundant at times, but this is just a very good baseball team. The Orioles are a very good baseball team. And we're now going to ride the wave of what a very good baseball team does where you feel like you can win every – this is so different than what it's been. You feel like you can win every night, and when you don't, like last night, you give it up. It just hurts that much more because you know the type of product you've been putting out on the field. Um, 
this division is just going to be so tough. I mean, that that's almost the, the overriding storyline is how tough this division is. Um, and, and the Yankees are kind of coming on. So, RDT, how do you kind of feel about the team? Obviously, in, in Toronto, they just put together some absolute performances to win a couple of those games. Yeah, the, the, the Saturday, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series was unbelievable. I mean, that was some of the most fun baseball, like teeth clenching. It was, I mean, they played, they've now played in three extra inning games. Two of them were in that series. And, and I mean, the Jays had every opportunity in the world. And like the Friday, the Saturday game, when they went down, I think, or was it the Friday game? I think it was a Friday game. It was like, that's a game that they lose by, or no, the Saturday that where O'Hearn hits the, the home run in the eighth. That's a game that they lose by like eight last year. Like we're down three going into the eighth, and then you know they end up tying it up and then winning it in extras. Um, and again, Grayson, Grayson was awesome. A couple, you know, a bunch of big strikeouts, a lot of emotion yelling into his glove. We had Manoa getting pulled early because John Schneider was not in the ball and did two two um, mound visits, and that was after Adam Frazier and him kind of got into it and said Adam Frazier should be in the Orioles Hall of Fame for telling Manoa to go fuck himself and to fuck off. That was awesome. Um, that was fun. As another home run is hit, so that's great. This game's done. Um, did we catch it? No, that's gone. Fuck. Um, yeah, and then, and then again, the Sunday game was awesome. Where the extra innings, where they just blew them out. Like you, know, you rarely see that in extra innings, but they played awesome. They pitched well. This, this Yankee series not going well. They continue to kind of be the boogeyman, and and it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they, uh, you know weather this kind of mini mini little storm that we're seeing right now but again they're playing good baseball still 31 and 17 as of now so any other takeaways from that toronto series from you guys i didn't get to watch a ton of it from what i did though it seemed really fun and i think i specifically called out the blue jays as a team that like i don't they weren't like great last year right but it just felt like they gave the orioles so many fucking problems so I don't know. Yeah, to go up there and uh, do what they did, I thought that was great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have their their off nights and their off stretches, and it does feel like uh, we are at a point, which is, I guess, where you want to get to as a fan base, but uh, it's kind of uh, a little bit of Ravens-itis where every loss and every bad thing is sort of catastrophized by a certain subset of people on Twitter that, I don't know, maybe that's just sort of a, a small slice of the pie that we, we just focus in on because we see the same people, the same loud voices every time something bad happens um, coming out and... Uh, you know, saying their piece about, you know, Felix Batista, you know, with the, the meatball over the middle to judge and whatever else it might be. It's just, it's one of those things where I saw someone, you know, talking on Twitter. I, I forget who exactly it was, but they said, you know, just look at it in 10 game stretches. If you want to freak out after, you know, 10 games of good play or freak out after 10 games of bad play, uh, that's fine, but don't do it after one game. And if you want to judge them and say that they're doing a really good job, do it after 10 games. Don't do it after one game. Like it's never as good as you think It's never as bad as you think. And that's especially true with a 162 game season. And I say that because they lose last night. It looks like they might be on their way to lose tonight. Uh, so maybe I'm just, uh, you know, trying to rationalize a little bit, but uh, I don't know. It's just been, we've settled in. And like you said, they're, they're just a really good team and you cannot take that away from them. Yeah, I don't know that it's um, <clears throat> worth getting super fired up about. Yeah, it always sucks to lose a game. It sucks to lose a game late. It sucks to lose any game with the Yankees. But like you said, 10-game sets. Um, you can look at it like so many different vantage points of like sample sizes or whoever you want to look at it. But we looked at, you know, May and after that first couple series against what the Royals or how however we started the month, we were like, okay, here starts the gauntlet. And then we handled the gauntlet. 
like great, but this is still part of the gauntlet. And so look at it as like, we got out to a great head start on this tough stretch here, but we were always going to run into speed bumps or one would presume. Um, and this is, this is where we're at a little speed bump and it may continue. I mean, we may get swept here and you think about that. You think about the blue Jays and you're like, okay, that kind of evens out, but all in all, you want to win more than you lose <clears throat> such as life in the AL East. And we're on the road here, but you got to remember those things too. So perspective is, it's important to keep, I guess, you know, 162 games like this, just like the nature of being a baseball fan is just like if you kind of sign up to ride this roller coaster and every game like you can get super dramatic about or you could just try to keep an even keel. And um, so many people seem to do it different ways. And I tend to just kind of let it roll off my back. I think the the other thing that resonates and I, I don't know if Spenny said it last week or a couple of weeks ago when you look at like the overall roster construction and how they're still, you know, winning these games despite, you know, clearly still tinkering with what they want kind of their best, you know, nine or however you want to look at it to, to look like, you know, you look at the May splits right now. And I think it's worth talking about a few guys, you know, you can start positively Cedric Mullins has, you know, come out of maybe some of those early season struggles and has, and has been fantastic. He's, he's played at an all-star level this month. Um, and is a guy that I think the Orioles will have to at some point make a decision about in terms of whether they want to commit to him long term. Um, he plays a great defensive outfield and and is hit well. And then the other side of the coin, we were freaking out about Jorge Mateo a month ago and how he was carrying the team from low in the lineup. And he's pretty much lost it in May um, at the plate. He's hitting 100, um, maybe like 102, but you know around that area and isn't really giving them much, isn't getting on base. Um, and so those are, you know, to speak to Banks's point about the swings of a season, you know, even Gunnar Henderson has been, you know, I think over the past like, you know, 10 or 12 days is is hitting more near that kind of 300 marks. Maybe he's kind of starting to come out of that slump, but those are just kind of the 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 machinations of what a baseball season looks like. But I think it makes sense to, to shout out Mullins here. He's been incredibly exciting and it's gotten it done in a lot of big spots. Um in, in Orioles wins over the past 10 or so days. RDT talking while he's muted. Love that. <laughs> I'm cursing at the other home run that they just gave up. Um, <laughs> Mullins has been awesome. I mean, that game on the game on Sunday, I think it was five or six broke it open in extras. Um, he's just, he's playing really, really good baseball right now. Like he had a great catch on Saturday. Um, I saw people complaining that his arm isn't good enough. And it's like, I, the guy, like, what do you want the guy to, I mean, it, it's incredible. He's playing unbelievably well. And like, you just want to nitpick that his arm isn't great, which we all know. You know what we got to well, do? Yeah, is, he's, uh, awesome. I, he's, well on, he's well on his way to another all-star season. Like, and, and he deserves every bit of it. I said he should probably be in the conversation for top three, you know, center fielders in baseball. I mean, he has to be up there. So it, it's awesome to see him do well again. He's a great guy. Like he's, He's had the struggles off the field. Yeah, he's had struggles off the field with Crohn's disease. where he lost like 20 pounds. Um, he had the season that he was batted under 100. He got sent down, and and now again he's guy started the All Star game last year. So nice to see that. I think a lot of people thought the 30 30 season was a fluke. They didn't think it would be 30, but he wasn't. He wasn't. You know, he played in over his head, but he's still a damn good uh, baseball player. So 
he's showing it, and I think he's getting a lot of good uh, national attention. So it's it's fun to see. Rather than opening up the uh, the balance sheet for everyone to take a look at, what John Angelos really needs to do is cut a blank check and start sending Zach Hampel around the country as just a traveling roadshow to every Orioles game because that guy's a fucking magnet for Cedric Mullins' home run balls. If he's in the stadium, already, he's hitting That's RDT's guy, Hampel. Yeah, big time. RDT was actually texting the group chat talking about how cool that was and yeah. dunking on that kid, and then I'm the Mullins guy now. I, I had some fun with that with the Captain Phillips meme. Uh, Hampel just back in a big way. It feels like 2016 yeah. summer again. I know RDT loved Hampel yeah, man, the other good. day as well to, you know, that was awesome. You love that, Eric. Too little, too late, I think. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't have, I don't, I don't want to keep talking. I was texted yesterday being like, why do people hate Zach Hampel? Kind of self-inflicted, but I just, um, I don't, I, he's, he's, he's a clown. We'll just, we'll leave it at that. I don't. It's not a bad call though. You keep. I mean, Cedric Mullins keeps hitting home runs right into this guy's hands. So if you, I mean, if you're trying to win baseball games, you gotta, you gotta explore every single avenue to, to get it done. Get him a suite in the flag court. You know, just let him, let him chill. We'll, we'll bring him. I don't know what he's into or what he likes, but uh, you know, just, just make him comfortable. Banks, let me ask you a question. Give it to me. Do you also love Todd Munkin's offense? In your short time with it, or is that just? Like I love, I love the buzz. I love the buzz about the offense. That includes Lamar Jackson. I, I love that he's there. Like I'm so glad that the a storyline about how he's not at OTAs is not something I have to deal with. That's probably the biggest thing for me right now. Because down the road, I hear all this this shit about Chase Young and how he's not there and how it's the end of days because of it and blah blah blah. <clears throat> but the offense, do you see the? Receivers out there and they're single digits. They're just catching their passes and and Lamar doing his five step drops and just slinging little balls out in the flat and whatever. It's they're just out there doing it. I love it. I just love to see the boys out there slinging it, having a good time. Vibes seem to be good. Munkin seems to be high energy, both out there on the field and in in the uh, in the classroom, so to speak. So, what's not to like? What's not to like right now with the Ravens? Jake, any yeah. thoughts on the offense? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a great start, I think. And you can only judge this really so much to Banks's point, but, I mean, you've got Munkin. You know, Lamar is up there, and he's kind of smiling and talking about how he's going to pass the ball more. He's loving what he's seeing, but he's also loving the energy that he's getting from Munkin. And in as much as we can glom onto anything, I think that's the thing that we glom onto, that he likes the guy's energy. They're meshing as human beings. I think that's very important, especially early on in a professional relationship, because that sets the tone. And uh, I think it sets a great tone. And you've got Munkin walking out on the field, I think. I saw a tweet that he was walking out there with Lamar, and he, he turned to, like, the social media person running the camera and was like, are you getting this or something to that effect? So, you mm -hmm. know, he just seems like kind of a kind of a, a dad humor, self-effacing type thing that he brings to the, to the mix, but he's also very professional. It seems like he's on point. Uh, he's got his stuff together, and uh, when they start getting those installs going, I think guys are going to be very excited. And uh, great to see the receivers out there too, man. I mean, Bateman back and healthy, that's a very big thing where, you know, he misses half of last year and seemed a little disgruntled at times. Maybe we're we're going to be quick to forget him tweeting about uh, Eric DaCosta and getting a little bit salty there. Um, I don't know. We need a big year out of him um, as, you know, fans and uh, the organization needs one too because it, these rookie contracts, man, it – they, these 
these contracts are so short. Like all of a sudden we're talking about Rashad Bateman potentially needing a new contract at some point soon. Like that's kind of crazy. And he hasn't done really much to warrant it at all, but he's got all the talent in the world. So that's, that's good to see. It's good to see Lamar there to Banks's point. I couldn't take another, another few weeks of not only the, the local people, but Florio making a story out of him not showing up that, that would have, you know, and Florio who's getting pretty spicy tonight on Twitter, which was, was great to see. I just had a tweet come across the timeline that warmed my heart. Um, but I, I didn't necessarily need him kind of, kind of getting all over that. So yeah, it's just the boys are back. The vibes are good. And, um, that's just a really good thing to have in May. Things can kind of, things can get off on the wrong foot sometimes. And, to completely avoid that, I think being at OTAs is a good thing. So good to have Lamar there. Good to have him and Monk and meshing uh, very early uh, on here. And I'm sure we'll get into more like schematic deep dives with Spenny uh, on what Monk is going to be bringing. But uh, as of right now, it looks like the ingredients are all there and it's just going to be left to him to, uh, to cook something up for us. It feels like during OTAs, at least for the Ravens, you're trying not to, trying not to have anybody get hurt. That's number one. And number two, I agree with both of you. Lamar just being at the facility helps continue to change the narrative, which I think for this Ravens team with their fan base and maybe even internally, I can't speak to it. We're not in the building, so I'm just speculating. That helps. I think that just helps everybody feel better about the situation. The contract has been signed. Yes, he didn't come to football school, whatever made-up thing that was last week or two weeks ago or whatever, but he's here for this. It's OTAs. The stuff's out on social media. As you said, Jake, there's not the tweets or the little blog posts or the articles. Where's Lamar Jackson? Inevitably, when that happens and Lamar doesn't show up, he's doing things on social media. So people are like, why is Lamar doing X, Y, and Z as opposed to being here? Being here, he's here. Everyone's happy. No one gets hurt. We move through OTAs. That feels like all you need from a Ravens perspective. You can't take anything from OTAs. No one's making the team right now. No one's not making the team right now on that end of the spectrum. Keep everybody healthy. And my only other takeaway is I think Roquan Smith looks cool in zero. I think that's a cool look. I think it looks nice. Yeah. Good good number for him. Him coming out with PQ. I, li- I liked it. And we move forward. Lamar Jackson saying the right things as well. So good for him. Yeah, I think we tend to, I think, and this might be a little bit more of a meta thing to think about, but I think we tend to like look at life as like a bunch of culminating moments, right? You know, you you graduate high school, you graduate college, you get a job, you get a raise. uh, And Lamar just had a moment where he got a big raise and he effectively got a promotion now where he's going to have more say in this offense. And maybe there are times in your life where you think that's going to culminate and it's like, oh, I can just kind of sit back and wrestle my laurels a little bit and put my feet up. But the reality is that when you get a raise. And when you get, you know, when you get more responsibilities, that's what that is. It's more responsibility, more power. Uh, it's, it's just, it doesn't necessarily get a lot easier. It's more hard work. And so to show that he's kind of embracing that, I think it shows a lot of personal growth on his part, which is really good to see. Yeah, I, you're, you're right. I mean, I, at this point, when you get, once you get the, once you get the big contract, he was already the face of the franchise, but now you are the you're it. You're everything. You you are how you are how everybody in the league and every fan in the league looks at your team. It's not what Lamar Jackson does. That's just what happens when you're one of the highest paid players. And I think so far he's done. I think he's done everything a Ravens fan could have wanted at this point. He's come to OTAs, said all the right things at the press conference after he got signed. He, I thought he was great in the moment where the Ravens signed him, participating and doing all those things. So, you know. And we've we've talked about this in different spots. 
at a time where, you know, a month and a half ago, this was like a a situation where I would like bring, we would bring it up on the podcast and I could just see the life seeping out of Jake and Banks's face. That life is now back in all of our faces. So I think that's a that's a positive as a Ravens fan. The corpuscles of blood gushing through society, Banks. What, what was Kendall saying the other night? Steel hulls, oh, great, great shit. <laughs> <laughs> Some classic nonsense yeah. is what he was saying, but whatever. That's just Kendall Roy. He yeah. knocked it out of the park. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. I just wanted sure. to say, uh, yo. <laughs> Eric and Taylor just completely lost right now, but it's great. When, when do we talk about Gossip Girl on this show? When I watch it. Mm. It's Thursdays. W- we didn't didn't the trailer come out for a show you like RDT? Did I see that today? We'll we'll get to that. I'm yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll okay. I guess we'll talk. Yeah, we can get to that in a second. Let's get let's before we get to that those types of things. Let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Uh, Jake, do you want to pop the sunny sunnies on? You popped them on for the show. Let's do that while we mm. while we advertise uh fed thrill uh i mean what better time to have a memorial day weekend out to the beach this is you know i've been teasing it we are officially in sunglasses season and uh, fed thrill's got all of your locally inspired designs um and a variety of other uh colors and models and, and all those different things 20 percent off using the promo code exit 52 at checkout when you buy from fed thrill um, hope to see many a fed thrill pair of sunglasses at the beach this weekend and throughout the summer. Folks, the other big Baltimore storyline over the past couple of days has been Masson's own Rock Kubako's hacking incident. Um, or maybe he's just a big MacBook guy. Yeah, just I don't know if we ever confirmed that, that it was a hacking. I think he so, might have just gotten a line. A couple things fell off the truck and, uh, you know, he, he had a, a few sales to make. I mean, yeah, maybe it's like fast, the Fast and the Furious where he's, you know, hijacking uh, tractor trailers with with precision driving and, and getting electronics that way. Um, so with that in mind, uh, we decided to do an electronics draft, um, specifically the electronics we'd like to buy most from Rock. Um, it, cons- if he didn't get hacked and he is in fact selling them. Um, obviously a lot at play, even including maybe the stuff Rock was selling. I, I We do have to, RDT said it for the show, Great job by the Orioles just totally buying into that on their social media. That was very, very funny. I'm sure if any like national baseball people follow that, they're like, what the hell is going on? But for a local fan, that was very good. Let me randomize a draft order here as we have four of us. Um, but, 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 this is I will just continually forget to do this before every single um for every single episode that we do. I just never I never randomize the draft. Or maybe it's more fun for people to listen to me, you know, just kill time while I type names. All right, here we go. Generate draft order. Banks has the first pick. RDT has the second pick. Jake, you have the third pick. I have the fourth pick. So Mr. Brian Banks Black Banks. The floor is yours with the first pick. Starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill Electronics. I think you got to take an iPhone. I think you just have to do it. Sure. It's just so essential. It's so universal. It's everything in the palm of your hand. It's an iPhone. I I don't know if we need to get specific about it or whatever. I don't even keep up with like what the new model is and the numbers and the pros and the maxes and like whatever they call them now, but it's just an iPhone. 
you, 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 I can't argue with it. It's the defining electronic item of the past 15 years at this point. Yep. So it has gotten to the point where if you don't have one and you get put in a group chat and you're the one that kills the group chat, you are just seen as oh. simply deplorable. Poor. <laughs> or that. Sure. There's a there's a town in there's a don't, town in Baltimore. Don't. don't. Okay. Uh, right. no. <laughs> I knew you were looking for a way to go there. Yeah, you really always are. It's kind of yeah. It's, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, Artie's turn now. Yeah, you've got the second pick. Let, let's yeah, let's stop your let's stop where you're going there. That's not where we need you to go. I'm taking Game Boy Color. Wow, oh, I, I love that thing. Go we'll the uh, yellow model. Ooh, get out ball mount castle. Oh, foul ball. Sorry. Um, I'll take the yellow Game Boy color, probably like a Pokemon Red, um, Big Hurt Baseball, something like that. Um, it was a fun Aladdin game too that my brother had that we would play. Um, again, it's nice and simple. I think it was backlit. I think I don't. Maybe not. I don't know. I think you needed my light. No, you needed a worm light on that on that bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Which. I remember being very upset when I found that out. But yeah, have some fun with it. Again, it's kind of like the iPhone warm light. You play games, and that was about it. Before, way before. But so one, probably one of my it's 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 up there for my favorite video game consoles. I don't know why I thought of Game Boy Color so instantly as well. I have to agree. I have to agree. Mm-hmm. That great, was, great first pick. on my list. You know, the warm light, get a transfer cable. You got to have all of the all the stuff. Yeah. Um, good pick, Jake. I'm gonna go with uh, microprocessors. Oh my goodness! Any Departed it's- fans out there? Alec Baldwin. Our target microprocessors. Yes, those. I don't know what they are. You don't know what they are. Who the fuck cares? We're going after Miles. Can of fix microprocessors? That's what I'm going with. I don't know what That's they a are. Pretty good accent. I've never seen that movie. It's good. You would hate it. <laughs> eh, you know, a lot of good people in it. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, all right, microprocessors. I don't have much more to add there. Yeah, anybody no. else? Mm-hmm. That's just that's the target. Sounds like a good pick. Yeah, good accent. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna take Nintendo 64. Mm. Just just feels like one that needs to get off the board here. Um, still one that that I think you know people of a certain age will pop out and play different games. Um, obviously, a defining um, Christmas gift to people of a certain age as well. So um, have to get the N64 on the board um, here at number four. Love that drop. He had Game Boy Color very high as well, RDT. So that was a good little snipe by you to get that. Um, and then what do I want to do here next? Um, I'm going to take the iPod. iPods are sweet. Yeah. And the OG brick. I'm yeah, I need yeah, to define it. I think I need to define what kind. I agree with that. That I'm gonna take video. I'm gonna take like the not the OG brick, but not the other like the the the, the, the still standard model. The video one is probably the way to go, but not the iPod touch. Nano. Like the one you could play video on, but was still the brick size. I think that's the defining iPod for me. Um some other ones in contention there, but that's the one I'm gonna take. Mine was black. Um, when I got it. So um, I think it was like the second iPod that I had. Um, so I'm going to take that. 
God, iPods are God, had to be taken. Let me had to be what, taken. I, the, the, the iPhone is fantastic, and you don't need an iPod anymore. It's great. Scrolling for songs on the wheel was 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 a thrill and one that I won't soon forget. So shout out to the wheel. That's a what top a, sound effect. Yeah, great sound effects. We should, we should, oh, do a good we should go back effect. to sound effects. Yeah, we did sports sound effects the one time. We should go back to sound effects. I love scrolling that wheel and um, you know, almost a mad at Apple for just so quickly putting such a fun product just totally obsolete. No one needs them anymore. Um but, but, but coming around the horn here, uh, Jake. I'm going to go with like an analog GPS, like a Garmin from like 2007. Remember before oh, wow. bef- before mm. GPS was like ubiquitous in cars and before everyone had smartphones, we were kind of getting there, but not all the way there. If you had one of those, which uh, my family was lucky enough to for a little while with a Garmin, I think that was that was some some baller shit right there. Having just a GPS in the car. So give me that. That's a good call. That's like, that is like, there's some other things that I will have on honorable mentions that like you have had like their brief period of time where like, you're like, oh my God, I have this. And then so quickly that technology got dumbed down where everybody had it. I'm just, yeah, I'm just a gearhead in that way. I just love shit like that. That's kind of like maybe obsolete, maybe not, you know, what, what, what was this? And yeah, that very much had a, a brief moment in time because there was a, a short stretch there where it's like, wow, this is the pinnacle of technology. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. This is just on my cell phone for the rest of my life. <laughs> and way Good better. Way. And yeah, way better. <laughs> yeah, way better. Uh, RDT. Are lights electronics? Can I say lights? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. But you've got to define lights. What kind of lights? LED lights, strip lights. What are, what are we talking? Like just a simple bulb. Talking bulbs. Guys talking okay. bulbs. You think Rock's got a bulb guy? Probably. You need lights. Ace hardware getting some light bulbs. Gotta have lights. Sure. Ba 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 bulb head. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love I love the dark. I, I sleep in the dark. It's been half my my day in the dark. But you gotta have lights. Imagine driving without lights. What a salient what point. For half the day I could. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. Half the day, uh, yeah, but that other half. Hey, listen, you, half, you got me there. I get mean. you. That's where it gets you. That's yeah, I, fuck with a, I mean, fuck what with a life. what a next level point this is. <laughs> you just got to have some lights. I got a ring lights, light on right here. Headlights. I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think RDT has the ability to take every single kind of light. So if someone wants to take another variation of light, that's specific. he said light bulbs. Light, yeah, he said light bulbs. Light. So, but now he's going through like 60 other things. He's tipping picks. He's halogen, but, def- but definitely not Bud Light. <laughs> no, not for RDT. No <laughs> way. Because of Jake, not not no, after no, what yeah, Jake RDT. That's his day. whole thing. He's yeah. When I don't really know what it meeting, is. But he's meeting. always talking about that. Oh God forbid. She got taking Have you guys ever taken the uh, school school um, light bulbs and like smash those in a back alley or something? Good time. I can't say that I did. No. Good time. Okay. Cool. Try it sometime after your Bud Lights. I'm sorry, <laughs> not Bud Lights anymore. Thanks, you have two. 
Uh, I'm going to double dip here real nice. Uh, pretty remarkable that television has been taken. I'm going to take the plasma TV mm. preferably, but television, if we can just kind of swoop in and just take that as a whole. Big screen TV, plasma TV, one of the two, either one. I'm happy with either. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like how we survive. Like, can you imagine if TVs just didn't exist? Like, we just pluck them out from our civilization right now. People lose their minds. You're definitely like the Michael Scott. You've got like the 42 inch or like wall mounted. You're like, I finally <laughs> caved in and bought myself a flat screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember, when, hours, remember when like, remember when plasma TVs were like $2,500? Yeah. yeah. You go to Costco just to check them out. Get the plasma. Look at the plasma. You poke oh it like, gosh. oh, look at the plasma. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't even if I could specifically it. don't touch it, call out HD TV, like, like some sports, just unwatchable HD TV. Like, anyways. Uh, and then I'm going to take the TV remote. The TV mm-hmm. remote is mm-hmm. just so freaking, it's like even more potentially important than the TV. If I, if I had to get up to change the channel on my TV, I would, I'd be out on TV. I'm done. You just can't have it. And that's something people used to have to do a long time ago. Have to go up there and turn the the, the, the knobs and shit. That's the knob. Yeah. Click it. Yeah, I mean, well, there are variations. Knobs, clicks, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. One of the biggest things that happened, I think, throughout life. I don't know if you guys will agree. When like Comcast would send the new remote that they were featuring, mm-hmm. if you were a person that used like Comcast Digital or whatever over the years, that was a that was a big mm-hmm. moment. Like that remote sucked, or if. The remote you got with the TV sucked and you had to go out and like get like a universal remote that was better. I mean, that those are big choices. People like to use the remote a little differently. What where are buttons, you know, that they like to use? You know, remotes, I think that's a good pick. Remotes are huge. I agree that it yeah. might be more important than what the TV is. You need to be at the full controls of your remote. You you gotta have that that really down pat to do what you're supposed to do when you're watching TV. Um, RDT. I know Jake took micropro or what is it microprocessor? Can I just have laptop? Like those are two separate things, right? No? Or yeah. well, we don't know what the microprocessors said- are. That we just know that that's the target. That's what the the sale is okay. being conducted. Well then, well then, well then, I'm going to take a laptop. All right, I'll take a laptop. I didn't know if you know. All right, but again, you can do everything. I spend I spend more than half my day on a laptop. Every I think everybody does at this point. Um, it's the best. You can watch stuff. It's your TV now. It's your iPod. It's your it's your everything. You know, so pretty pretty essential. So plus you can play like Roller Coaster Tycoon on it. Backyard. Love me some Roller Coaster Tycoon. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ready the fish. Putt Putt saves the zoo. Oh, Things now we're like talking. That. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little yeah, Spy Fox like. and Drive cereal. I never did Spy Fox. Oh, baby. Was Freddy and Putt Putt. Happy fun sub. Some lemons. Let me tell you what. Putt Putt Enters the Race is a banger that I would play right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Right now. Use, if you gave it to me right now, I would get off this podcast and I would start to play. It's a great game. Great Real character. Yes. Putt Putt. Stud. Just saves the zoo is so much fun. My brain right now. Saves, saves, what'd you say? My, and memories are being unlocked in my brain right now. Yeah. Saves the zoo Ooh. is also a banger. There I are kids to- that play that on Twitch. 
I've watched people play that. For what like was the name? Was it Humongous? Night. Was the name of the company that made all those games? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So good. God, those were Great so game. good. Great game. Mm. So, sign me up for the laptop. Jake. There's certain things that, and I, I'm going to keep it pretty analog here. There's certain things that just make you feel a, a combination of kind of manly and also pretty techy. Like you kind of, you know what you're doing with tech. I'm going to go with a depth finder. Big beach weekend coming up. <laughs> Out on the wow. boat, little depth finder. There's nothing wow. like, there's nothing like, like a, a guy that knows how to operate that. And as long as you n- look like you know what you're doing, like you're kind of the dude on the boat, regardless of whether it's your boat or you're driving it. Ideally, it's not because... As everyone says, you guys know this. It's better to have a friend with a boat, right? And also, the first day with a boat uh, is the best, and then the, the last day with the boat is also the best too. I mean, though, though that's just deep dad jokes <laughs> right there. But yeah, depth finder. It's it's just a, a fun piece of technology that I I don't know how it works. I don't know how to use it. But when I see somebody that does, that's the guy. I like that. That's a fun pick. That's a good pick. God. And as you guys know, I love me some boating. Um, I didn't know that. What? What's the story there? Uh, we go back and listen to episode. I don't know of the beach things draft, and you will find out. Um, I have two here. I'm just gonna use two that I, two that I really like. I, I'm gonna pick an old school one last, but I'll take two I use a lot right now. I think one of the great inventions of the last I don't know when I guess was introduced, maybe like four or five years, is CarPlay. CarPlay is awesome. Mm-hmm. It just allows, and it was an absolute steal by the car companies because now you don't have to invest anything in your actual system. Everything just comes off the phone. CarPlay is sick. You got my Spotify. I got my, you know, the GPS app I like to use. I can plug it into any car. So if I just go into a car with CarPlay, I've just got all this, all my stuff. I don't need to worry about what's on my car. I love CarPlay. I think it's sick. Great job. It's I think it's CarPlay. It's a great pick. Mine randomly stopped working about three weeks ago. It, it it stopped working for like a week and a half. It was awful. I don't know what happened. I couldn't restart it. I tried everything, and then one day it came back, and I was very happy because I was yeah. very upset. It's My awful. It's awful work. when it doesn't work. It's awful. Yeah. And then I'm going to take something I use all the time, and anybody that works in the offices with me in Maryland will say this because I always have these on. Um, I am taking Bluetooth headphones. Um. I specifically trade within the AirPod and the Beats Solo 2 thing. Uh, but I'm going to take – so I'm taking Bluetooth, Bluetooth headphones as a whole because it seems like we're doing this very generally. I, I am a headphones guy. I When my headphones break, I buy them immediately. I don't buy cheap headphones. I buy expensive headphones. I use headphones constantly. So, And I say that not having them on right now for the first podcast in a while. But, um, yeah, love my headphones. So – I'm taking Bluetooth headphones. Game changer to not have that cord. Absolute game changer. Sorry, Adam Frazier. Three three run bomb. Adam Frazier off the same foul pole. Oh, the foul pole. Fuck yeah. Um, Banks. No, sorry, Jake. I was going to say that was quick. So Banks Banks already took the iPhone, and, you know, that's cool. You can have your – your great technology, convenience, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to go with the brick cell phone. Mm. Just nothing cooler. Gordon Gecko, you know. Um, I was going to say Gordon Gecko initially came to mind. Yeah, Chris, Chris Penn and Reservoir Dogs with the Nike track jacket and the uh, 
the gold chains and the, the big brick cell phone. There's just, there's nothing, nothing cooler as far as gadgets. If, if you guys can't tell, I like old shit and like irrelevant stuff and like just gadgets. And that's just, that speed, that screams gadget to me. And I'd love to get a real one on display. I do have a fake one that I used for my Halloween costume last year, but I, I want to get a real brick cell phone. I think that's a fun pick. Sort of like the it's or like the uh, I I won't give it away because somebody can take it's it. another thing that just kind of came and went like it, it had its very quick moment in the sun and like and we're the just technology just went so quickly that it went away. We're not going to get that stuff anymore. We've got the template now. It feels like right, like yeah. I guess until I guess until phones just become like Google Glass or something where you're just like wearing all that stuff and you're just bringing up a heads up display. Cybernetics, your, yeah, it's just implanted. Yeah, like that will be like, the next thing. But yeah, right now I feel like from a cell phone standpoint, we kind of have what we have and yeah. it's just going to change in various ways. Um, but not like drastically. But 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 uh, RDT. Um, oh, where's my list? Where's my list? I do. I, I have two left. You do. Okay. Um, I, I'm I'm mapping I'm mapping it out. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a fog machine. Hell yeah! You know if you see fog machine, you're having a good time. How you much does having, like, have a good setup? I don't know. I'm, I that thing was always out of my price range. I'll say that. Um, you're either at. I mean. If you're at a wedding, like I, you know, I've gone to weddings where the, where the first dance is in the fog machine. You're at a Shadowland laser tag. Um, I think know. me and my uh, me and my disgusting brothers are going to need to meet up at Secrets here this weekend and maybe get in the fog machine and the uh, the nightclub. What do we say to that? Yeah, we might yeah. have to. Talk I mean, yeah, about yeah. That. You're in a bar. You're in you're in fog. They're they're great. A bar mitzvah. You know. Oh my God, you're 13. Like hopped up off Shirley Temple's. Like we were at David <laughs> Briggs's, and the fog machine mm. comes out for like. Who let the dogs out? It's it's that's game over. That's game over. You got you. Got, I mean, you know, you go to these concerts and a fog machine comes out. I'm sure Taylor's gonna have some or had some. Yeah. So love a fog machine. Love so great time when the fog machine comes out. Tough when fog when when fog machines don't work. It's a sad sight, and when they work, <laughs> it's electric. Literally. Well said, electronics. Uh, <laughs> thanks. You have two. Wow. Your final wow. two picks. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Top Tracer or Pro Tracer or whatever variation ah. you want to call it. Mm. Uh, just completely change the way we watch golf on television. Uh, gives you all kinds of appreciation. Like, it's so easy to forget that like a decade ago, every single golf shot you'd just see a guy hit a ball. And then it would pan, it would zoom to a camera angle of just a ball flying in the air. And then you would just kind of be there for like eight seconds wondering, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen here. And then a ball would just land and you'd have no appreciation for what kind of draw, fade, hook, whatever the guy that just hit, you know? So just a whole new appreciation for the way that the way the game is played and how good those, those guys are. I will say, as I was just talking through that, like there was a little bit of a dramatic, like fun element to the idea that you could just like this ball could be anywhere. Uh, but at the same time. So I in mean, this in this scenario so that we're better. doing, are you buying a top tracer off of Rock Kubako? Is that? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Uh, he he just, uh, just clarifying. He hijacked the Comley truck. Um, 
him and, and Moltisanti. Uh, they're up to no good. You want to be scathed? Is that what? what huh? Where he's like, he, <laughs> I can't go back to my boss unscathed. And <laughs> Chris is like, you want to be scathed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's close. Uh, yeah. You guys get Just that. another another yeah, whoosh for the uh, the yeah. other two. There. You guys. Yeah. Hate that. Uh, and I'm just going to take a microwave. Microwave's sweet. It's so usable. Reheat food. Cook food. I don't know. It's the fact that you can just throw something in there for 30 seconds, a minute, and get hot food and just be on your way with a meal. It's huge. It's huge. Love a microwave. You got to have a good one. College is all about the microwave. It's all mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Yeah. The rule rule about no microwaves in your dorm room. <laughs> Everybody have you, one. Uh, has, you guys I mean, didn't have microwaves. Not yeah. in the actual bedrooms, like the the small. They had a rule you couldn't. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Kids had them in their closet. People like, were on the floor in the closets. Yeah. People were breaking the hell out of those rules. Oh, I I had the George Foreman girl going. <laughs> <laughs> Did you burn your foot on it? No, no. I we kept that thing up on a desk. There's no way I was putting that on the ground. <laughs> RDT, last pick. Uh, uh, I'm going. Ooh, I think I think it's different. It's kind of using one of my earlier ones. Can I use a lava lamp? Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Sure. That's groovy. Again, you want you, you want to talk about college? Jake's, Jake's uh, picks there. Yeah, that's honestly yeah. that's I hadn't thought of that, but that you 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 really just kind of cucked me on that one. Yeah, yeah. I figured you know you found some dead and co and and and. Let that lava lamp flow. I think I got one for Hanukkah one year when I was like maybe in fourth grade, and I was like, "This is the coolest fucking thing in the world." I was a blue one, and it was just it was awesome. It was really cool. And again, you knew when you saw a lava lamp, you were having a good time. You were something. You were you were having a good time. Ooh, so, Jorge Mateo, how's my ass taste I, I may go. I may try and find a lava lamp. They they got hot as hell. They're so fucking hot. Like, yeah, it's not. You don't want to. You don't want to mess around with those things. It's like the cornballer on um on um uh, Arrested Development. The cornballer, so fucking hot. Oh, that would have been a good. Like thing. it was. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> all. I guess it wasn't real, but um, um so yeah, I'm trying. Like I wanted to see what the lava was so bad, but I did not want to open that thing up. But yeah, I may I may try and find one on Amazon or something or eBay. See, see what we got working with. Final pick, Jake. Uh, I'm going to go with the vinyl record player, but one of the douchey ones, like a little bit more high-end, right? I've got, I've got one right now. It's a little bit more budget. I'm kind of maybe in the market to upgrade. Uh, but there's just there's nothing cooler than a person who drinks exactly one IPA on a Friday night and listens to their vinyl record player, uh, you know, <laughs> of their, their classic rock and whatever it might be. You know, I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but th that's just a, a really cool person, I think. So that's what I'm going to go with. Thank you, rock. What 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 is the like market value of a high end record player? I have no conception of how much that would cost. Like I, I guess I would have can a guess. I guess can I can I guess? Yeah, I would say like two fifty to three hundred dollars. Those are yes. also Those are my like, number. Yeah, that's around like the range. on Instagram. That's... Go go Gunner baby Gunner is massive. Gunner is awesome. 
Sorry, two oh, runs. By the way, by the way, Jorge Mateo, how's my ass taste RDT getting on base there? That was big. Uh, in a close no, that, I'm was happy. I want him to do well. Yeah. I want him to do well. Um, Massive. Good for going. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right in the range. That's the like the some of the more expensive ones I was looking at was in that. Um, but I'm sure there are ones that are like even like some of some of like the even more kind of extreme hipsters would, you know, get up even more expensive than that, like up into the uh, the mid three figure range, maybe even more than that, I would guess. But yeah, for the some of the better ones that I've seen that are still kind of in that budget range, I think you're kind of on the money. Sounds about right. Um, I will finish this one off taking um, I think something that like everybody wanted. Uh, back in the day, and that is specifically related to old NBA dunk contest videos. I'm taking the Handycam, like the Sony camcorder Handycam. Yeah, I like that. I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, about those things were sweet. Popping the little screen, um, just fantastic. Now, another thing that, that phones have just made totally obsolete, but um, love those things. Absolutely love the little Sony Handycam. Jack watching Vince Carter is like, I I was just I was about to say dunk contest. Yeah, I love that those dudes just roll. I love that all the best players in the NBA rolled into the dunk contest with their own camcorders. That is so Mm -hmm. funny. It is so late nineties, early two thousands. So I'm taking that analog technology. It's the best. Love gadgets. Big gear. Yeah, gadgets are very cool. Electronics. Banks takes iPhone. Plasma. I put plasma TV, but television in general. Uh, Remote. Uh, television remote, top tracer, and microwave. RDT takes Game Boy Color, light bulbs, or lights. <laughs> he named 60 types of lights. Uh, laptop, Great fog thing. machine, lava lamp. Jake takes microprocessors, um, the analog GPSs, um, depth finder, brick cell phone, and vinyl record player. I took Nintendo 64 iPod, CarPlay, Bluetooth headphones, and the Handycam, camcorder, Sony Handycam. Any honorable mentions you guys would like to go through quickly? Portable DVD player. If you want to, like, if you want to yes. get, if you yes. want to get a, a good look at this, what, where I was going with this, watch Entourage. Like those guys have all the, they get all the gadgets, mm-hmm. all the portable DVD players, Bose headsets, all that kind of stuff. It's great. Yeah. Didn't ask for any Bose headsets. Yeah, yeah. Go uh, get the Bose headsets, Turtle. Go get the Bose headsets, Turtle. That's a reference I got. Um, there you go. Good. That's good. Some Bose headset. That is actually a great. That is like the. I would say the first like four seasons of Entourage is the wheelhouse for that type of stuff. Yeah, flip phones, t-shirts DVD over long sleeve shirts, like that kind of thing. Like it's it's great. Portable DVD players were big time, big time. I love the early two thousands. It's yeah, what a time. So yeah. maximalist. One of the things I had was um, the flip down TVs in cars. Yep, yep. in the car. Yep, love mm-hmm. those. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say it was gonna be kind. Of, it was gonna be my pick. Auto metal detectors. When I was younger, and I saw people with metal detectors, I thought they legitimately were getting like filthy rich. I was like, they're finding so much like gold and and all these coins, and they're getting so rich. And it's like, no, it's like old men at the beach, like finding legitimately nothing. Another good gadget but, there too. Yeah, that was a fun gadget. Like that was a fun. I also thought those were like thousand dollars each. Yep. Like when I was younger, I was like, those things must be like, like it, they gotta be like as expensive as a car. And come to find out, they weren't. No. Yeah. <laughs> Get them in sharper oh. image. Stud finder. 
Speaking of great electronics situations, Sharper Image. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about just mm. the gamut of ridiculous things. God, those magazines were sweet, the Sharper Image Brookstone, magazine. I, you know. I was going to say, we should just do a starting five of Sharper Image item. We should, yeah. Or Brookstone. Yeah, we should Sharper do a podcast at a Brookstone location in the massage chair. Do, so we'll just be vibrating. Let's do like an East, East Bay one. Yeah. Oh, uh, there you go. Now, now we're talking. East Bay. Do Brookstone uh, still exist? I don't yeah, f- for sure. It does. I thought it. I thought it didn't. Uh, I'm oh, checking. It didn't. It I'm checking right now. Um, Casio uh, calculator watch. Yeah, because you know. I was trying to work a watch in there. I was thinking like Marty McFly's watch. Uh, you know, just just keep it as maximalist as possible. Sure, uh, sure. That kind of thing. eighty three. Play drug wars on it. Mm-hmm. There are Brookstones in the Annapolis Mall, in Bethesda, in the Columbia Mall, and in Towson Town Center. Mm. Yeah. They're everywhere. Columbia. Perfect. I don't know. We'll we'll have Brookstone people reach out to us and we'll uh, set something up. Yeah. We'd for sure. love, we'd love for Brook, Brookstone to sponsor us. Yeah. I would love like a tong where I can also get the temperature of my you know, steak with the with the thermometer and all that. They had it all, baby. Yeah. Sharper image, no stores. Those are gone. I think the uh, the office e-commerce the, though the bit from the office with sharper image might have tanked them <laughs> about a, a radar for a certain thing. Real launch <laughs> show. <laughs> it was a the retailer was in business from ni- this is sharper image nineteen seventy seven to two thousand eight. Then the brand got relaunched in twenty ten and it is an e-commerce platform. Looks like. Yeah, my uh, whatchamacallit, Theragun or whatever that my boss gave me is from sharper image wow radar detector did we get that oh oh radar gun uh no we took quest tech jug, jug machine. printer love printers you guys want to hear the top in the gas you printed something i print i print stuff all day at work i, I print out drawings and quote from them i don't like looking at <laughs> adobe at work, I print stuff out. Yeah. Here, are the, here are the top, here are the nine things on the gadget section of sharperimage.com right now TV wireless headphones, two in one digital laser tape measure, a sharper image photo printer, a, cons- a cassette to MP3 converter, Hell which yeah. just seems Hell like yeah. an, insane, to MP3? an insane thing to purchase in 2023. A true night vision binocular set. This is so sharper image. Surround sound shower system. That is just the most sharper image thing you could ever. A video camera bird feeder. <laughs> A GPS audible golf range finder. There we go. <laughs> this guy just has sitting on the broom of his cap. I, this is great. <laughs> and a cordless auto shop tire inflator. Uh, wow. <laughs> this little oh, image man. has a guy with the thing. And it's on the broom of his cap and just says in quotations, you are 47 yards from the center of the green. <laughs> we could do a golf gadgets one too. I mean, yeah, there's so I was going to say golf cart. Weren't those electric? They don't have straight up motors, right? Yeah, some, some yeah, of them are gas them. powered, but yeah, they're yeah. most uh, yeah. half are like electric. Easy, I would say easy go. Yeah, infrared laser barbecue surface temperature generator. This I was going to say laser pointer. I'm shocked it took me to go down 15 to get to a telescope. I got to be honest. 
People still buying Same. telescopes? Probably, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I like when RIT. This is the best part of the podcasting part of the year. Sorry, sorry. During the games. No, I like it. Sorry. It's great. No, it's perfect. I was around too, baby. TV, so. Wall-mounted sack fly. Sack fly. Gunner beat a bad throw from Shrek. Gunner's just a scrappy little hunting dog, man. He's just running around out there with that hair flowing, just getting shit done. I'll end this little sharp rummage uh, trip with Bluetooth tracking wallet and Bluetooth picnic speaker. <laughs> there you go. Nice. The Bluetooth speaker. Bluetooth speaker. That's, yeah. that's that was a miss. Yeah. That yeah, crazy. that was a miss. I had it on my board. I just took headphones and and camcorder ahead of it. JBL flip, baby, for life. I am a. Um, I have the. Now I can't think of the. The Bose one. The Bose uh, Soundlink ones are good. Not the pill, right? No, I have the. It's like the Sound Revolve or whatever. I've got it's the nice. Bose Soundlink headphones, but they're kind of fucked from years of running in them. Mm. More of an AirPods guy now. Yeah, AirPods and I have AirPods in the the Solo Beats. Um, does anybody have a, a um, Black Susan Spices hot take they would like to get off their their chest here? Otherwise, we'll Ooh. just incorporate their sponsorship into our Nick Cannon Medley Maryland Person of the Week. But if anybody wants to rip one off, I want to make sure we get them involved here. I'm got, not thanks. sure if you – I, I didn't know that we were going to be doing this in this episode, but I was thinking throughout the episode, hey, I got to talk about this. I got to talk about Preakness Mug Club <laughs> selling nothing but Guinness Blonde as the, as the birds continue to cook. Ah, Guinness Blonde. Uh -oh. Sorry, what's going on? I'm gonna mute. I'm muting. Uh, they're up eight three. No, do do this take banks. I've got Let's I've go. got I've got follow up for you, but get this off. Guinness Blonde is a trash beer. I'll start with that. False. It's terrible. wrong, wrong. It is brutal. Wrong. You just don't drink it in the world. Whether you like it or not. Okay, I'll let you say your part here in a minute. But this is my spicy take. All right. Um, <laughs> Whether you like Guinness Blonde or not, it is so very clearly like a niche beer. It is not a everyman beer. It is for – it's an acquired taste or like a preferred taste, whatever. Preakness Infield is an everyman event. It's for all shapes and sizes. The beer should be drinkable for everybody. You shouldn't have to pay $120, whatever it is, and be succumbed to this hot garbage of a beer – and have no other alternative unless you want to pay $12 a beer for something else. It's terrible. And people are wondering, or Preakness or Baltimore, whatever, why are these attendance numbers down at Preakness? And there's a lot of reasons for it. We could talk about that. But this is the kind of thing that keeps people from coming back. Infield Fest is like the thread of Preakness, at least locally. Race aside – Mug, mug mug club, I mean, you just have to have a domestic. I don't give a shit which one it is. I'm happy with any of them. I'll drink a dozen of them. Plus, Guinness Blonde, terrible. And I'm very fortunate that I bought the the higher up, the, the vine club, where I could go and I ended up drinking wine like all day. I had like three Guinness Blondes. And I was like, Ooh, this is fancy exactly boy like over here. Life. And I drank a bunch of red wine. Did you spit it back out? No, I, I swallowed it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I sure did. Guinness but Blonde you is good. Do you it. don't drink it in May. And I, I agree I, with you that that's a trash cool. setup. They shouldn't do that. They should have a domestic available for Mug Club, which uh, I did I did that 
to the last Preakness I went, which I think was the last pre-COVID one. Um, and yeah, they had like domestics available, I think. Oh but, yeah, it's always it was like Coors Light last year. I I, yeah. I I'll now do a, a piggybacking, and then we can maybe get into if Guinness Blonde is good or not. Which I agree. I thought Guinness Blonde was a horrible choice for this. I don't really like Guinness Blonde, and I think you have to trot out one of the big three or maybe Natty of the light beer game. I think that's what you have to do. I understand from Guinness's perspective, it's great activation for them. It promotes the um, it promotes the the beer is obviously going away, but it yeah, they're moving the, their brewing operation out. So. They're moving the brewing operation. They are unloaded. They were unloading product this for sure. We talked. Me and Banks talked about this walking. <laughs> Me and Banks are talking so about distracted how distracted by Eric right now. Yeah, he is he's just <laughs> doing a rain dance in the top corner there. Me and Brian are walking run, to baby. get our Guinness Blonde, talking about how much we hate that we're walking to get our Guinness Blonde in the middle of the Freakness uh, Saturday. Um, I've been a Guinness yeah, drinker for many years before they even came here, so like I was predisposed to like Guinness Blonde. So maybe if that weren't the case, I wouldn't. But I like a nice stout, and I like the I do like the Guinness Blonde. But it, it's not for May. I, I'll meet you there, and they definitely should have had more options available. I like, it just feels like I like it a lot. Yeah, I I just want I wanted Miller Lighter, Coors Light, or Bud Light, or whatever. You got it. You have to like you can't drink heavy beer in hot weather surrounded by a bunch of. You know, and I love um, these people. Obviously, but Guinness Blonde is a little lighter, but it's not. It just wasn't. It's still it pretty heavy. Like it's still it like doesn't. It doesn't sit in the sun well either. No, yeah. No. Compared it, that's to one where it gets warm, it's like oh, this is. Ugh. Yeah, it's still pretty heavy compared to like some of the lighter beers you're talking about. There, you need like you do need like a natty or something. Like I just when I go to the beach, for example, when I probably do my most drinking, like I, I just want to have like a nice light beer that I can just kind of sip on all day and not get like absolutely hammered. To expand off of this, Banks, I think you're absolutely right. I think we need to have a discussion as a town here about what we're doing with Preakness. So Preakness, sure. Preakness attendance this year was up 8% from last year. Did you guys see these numbers? I saw some numbers pre-COVID, post-COVID. 65,000 people between Friday and Saturday. The pre-COVID number in 2019 was 182,000 over the two days. That is an enormous drop-off and cannot be just attributed to COVID. Obviously, there was a COVID dropout, and I'm sure that makes people maybe change their plans and some habits change or whatever. They totally scaled down the infield this year, obviously because they knew they weren't selling tickets and they scaled it down a ton, which I didn't mind. I think it was good. If you're not going to have as many people, scale it down. It made things easier, a little bit easier to get to. They had some experiences that I thought were good. I'm not like a huge historical Preakness goer, so I'm not maybe the best person to speak here. But they have got to do a lot of better things with the experience of getting in and out of there. It is, I mean, they either invest in the thing and mm. make people want to go back there because the experience is good. But trying to get an, any type of ride share out of that place is a total disaster and makes me not want to go back. Like it made me say this week, like, hey, we should just have someone that bites the bullet and DDs at this thing because it's a joke. We we paid – my buddy Mike paid his cousin $50 to come pick us up because we, we wouldn't have gotten an Uber for another 45 minutes after the Bruno Mars concert was over. And I guess they let – I'm sure they had Bruno Mars later, so maybe they thought more people would come if it wasn't just right after the race. And maybe they were trying to space out the concert goers from the people just there to watch the race among the grandstands to try to help that problem. But most of your Ubers anyway are the people that are going in the infield, so it didn't really help anything. People are still all along the roads just like trying not to get hit by cars as they're drunk. Like I'm surprised somebody hasn't died out there. Like yeah. 
it is a like they need to figure that out. Dude, there's so much with like infrastructure with this city that is just it was built in the 40s and the 50s, and we have just completely outgrown it. And Pimlico is a relic. Definitely hard. Look, Pimlico is is in a tough area to like figure out the logistics of like a great rideshare system or whatever. But man, is that a tough experience? And maybe they're like they're making enough money off the sixty five thousand they're getting now, and able to run a, a a show that makes sense. But that's a tough experience, man. And and like, people that are letting you in, everybody's nice. I mean, there's no like I don't I don't. There's you know me and Banks are walking in the mug club. All those volunteers are get, people getting ahead. I don't know what they are. They're fired up. I mean, there's excitement in the place. So it's not like a customer service issue there. But man, is the you know, ingress, egress of that place, horrible. And like, I just think it makes people not want to come and people find other things to do with their Friday and Saturdays. And it's kind of sad. Like, I don't know. There's obviously been talk of moving this thing to Laurel. There was a talk of moving it to Florida at one point. It is like a keystone sporting event of the, of the town. And I, I don't, I, you know, I know they're doing a new grandstand or something at some point, but you know, those are, I mean, that is a gigantic drop in attendance. Gigantic. Yeah, and you would think with that much less people, their logistics would become easier, and it it hasn't. Like the Uber drop off was a joke. I don't know what your experience was with that. We got off in the middle of the road and just walked across it. That's what we point. settled on doing because they discourage you from doing that, and there was no like left turn to get to the rideshare lot. And apparently, they had like blocked off further and further. There's there's just tons of cars just mailing it down. Uh, was it Northern Parkway? Just going yep. further and further away from Pimlico like hoping for the opportunity to U-turn at some point so they can get back towards the place they're trying to get to. There's no flow, like no, it was horrible. I remember like, getting so out of that place for, from Moonrise 2018 and like we had to walk to the hospital. Like That's what everybody away. does. Everyone wants to Sinai. Miles we away. Did. We were just like, yeah, this is crazy. We, and, we've you know. done that. That my The cheat code this year, which call it cheat code, call it just like a last resort, just like, no, we're, we're not going to pay $100 for an Uber, um, was to walk for 35 to 40 minutes to, to Matt Washington, just yeah. walk, you know, and just go drink beers at Matt Washington Tavern so, for a couple hours. What about that? It's fun though. It's not, I, I, I kind of enjoyed that, that alternative to be honest, but I got my bowl of half and half. I was a very happy boy. That part of it is not fun, but I mean, that's what they're saying is like, let's improve that part of it at least a little bit. So more people will want to go have the actual fun. Like me who hasn't gone the last couple of years, partially because of that, I think COVID kind of, you know, maybe took the wind out of my sails for it a little bit. I want to go next year in the next couple of years, hopefully, but just hasn't been in the cards the last couple of years for whatever reason. I, it's just, those attendance numbers are massive drop-offs and I don't, I'm sure whoever's running the show there is analyze, you would hope analyzing factors and man, is the experience getting in and out of there gotta be a factor. I think it's still Stronach group, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, I guess they do it in association with the venue and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, a couple, couple of different, you know, moving parts to work with there. And they were trying to, they were trying to get it out of there. They were trying to get it to Laurel at the very least. And, you know, logistically, maybe that would have made more sense, but I do hope they find a way to keep it there and they find a way to logistically make it more sense because like, yeah, you said, I, and I'm sure it would cost, you know, a hundred million dollars of what you really would need to face off that place. Maybe it's more and maybe, the ROI on that doesn't make sense for the events you can bring into Pimlico. Um, but I mean, there's yeah, gotta start, be something they can do. A start would be like three buses for each of Canton fells and fed Hill that are just running continuously back and forth and just 
you include it in your ticket when you buy it from the, the place. That would just alleviate so much stress because people would – yeah, Baltimore should be up to do this because people come into the city because they know people that live in these places. And this would happen to you. You had two friends yeah, come back. This is yeah, exactly. I, I would come into the city and I, you know, would spend the night or whatever. And I would, you know, my would bring my bring my dollars into the city and ride the bus. But I'm even saying you whatever. had two friends fly in to see you this weekend. But part of that was the Preakness was there. So it was an opportunity. So like there's people like that would come in for this because obviously you have the horse racing, but there's also a very good set of acts all day. So it's like you're getting horse racing and a music festival all in one event, which is a very, I think a very fun package and pretty reasonable. If you're doing mug club, you know, I got it with the four pack for like a hundred bucks. That's a, you know, I'm not paying anything. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the working man's Kentucky Derby, you know? It's, so it's like, I agree. Or like, yeah, put a bus with the tickets or, I mean, you know, banks, we were at the waste management, the difference between what they're doing at the waste management from a ride share and bus perspective to get people in and out of the golf course. And yes, there's way more room in Arizona, than Pimlico to like find large fields where you're like mm-hmm. <laughs> rolling rideshare and, and doing all that. But the logistics of it were freaking sensational. Oh. And this is the same clientele, a bunch of hammered young people trying to get in and out of an event where they're not driving because they want to get drunk. It's this, it's like yeah. a very similar type of event. Yeah. And man, like I would go to the waste management in a second again because of how easy it was to get in and out of that place. Like incredibly easy. Pimlico, it doesn't even. This is my issue. It doesn't feel like they're trying. That's my biggest no. issue. Yeah, that's yeah, the Guinness Pond thing. They just they're just taking cheap beer because Guinness is trying to unload it before they close a brewery. And it's like you're just cheaping out here. You're just cutting corners. Yeah, they they have to figure some things out there. And I like it. I mean, you have the local food vendors in the infield. Obviously, Jimmy's was was oh, in there. And there weren't the enough other, of them. The lines were way too long. The lines were really long because they cut it down because they it's didn't like have as many people. Four thirty five o'clock, and I've had a bunch of beers, and like I, my stomach is relatively empty. And it's like, hey, I, it would behoove my my next few hours to get yeah. something in my stomach. And I go and look at the line, and it's like, yeah, there's there's nowhere I can even get food. Like, like that's an event. That's an event. I want to say I would just continue to go to every year for the most part because even if you're not like in, you know, it's I guess an event kind of designed for in your early twenties. You're just trying to get whatever, but it's still fun to like be in the infield and and you know watch the races and have you know Bruno Mars. It was fun for fifty minutes to watch that. That was great. But like, if they're not going to try, I'm not going to continue to give that. Yeah, like money. I'm, I'm going to be 28. I have next other year. things I, I can wanna, do on a May Saturday. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be 28 next year. I still want to go next year. I mean, like it's one of those events where you're just you're always you know 23 when you're at it or whatever. Um, yeah, for better, for and it's better fun. And it's, it's fun, but yeah. it's like they don't try. No, so they don't. There's our collect. It's very disappointing. And you're you know started off with the perfect take. The beer thing was terrible, and that was kind of an impulse. Yeah. Shout out to like you mentioned it quickly and briefly. The people in the tent, the vibes were just tremendous. Sensational. People just yeah. rooting you on to come to their cooler and not other people's cooler, just whooping it up. Great vibe in there. Shout out awesome. to those people. Yeah. Very interesting to see where that what that event continues. Yeah, Maryland Jockey Club acting president and GM Mike Rogers noted it was an eight percent increase in tenants from last year. Preakness organizers took a different approach to the 2023 version of the race's festivities, including its concert, which saw Bruno Mars play shortly after the running of the Preakness. Previously, the concert was performed during the day. First bet to kind of provide a breakdown of how many of this year's 65,000 fans attended Friday and how many were Saturday. Um, first racing owns Pimlico Race Course in the Maryland Jockey Club. That is, I guess, the who's you know kind of giving the statements here. Some racing fans 
said Saturday, the smaller crowd concerned them as it relates to the future of horse racing. But this is the thing. I don't think the Preakness is really an indication on anything about horse racing. Like, you know, maybe maybe less of that non-attendance is the grandstand people that are actually, like, watching the races. But, like, if the Preakness has a giant attendance, a lot of those people are going into the giant infield where it's not necessarily about the horse racing. That, to me, is more of an, an event experience problem than a horse racing problem. Maybe, maybe people are really turned off by all the stuff going on in horse racing. It's certainly not good. You have they had a horse die on the track on on Saturday. That was a very bad scene and very scary and all those different things. And it certainly becomes a more niche sport every year. But that's not how they market the Preakness to the majority of the people going. They market it as like a music festival and a sporting event all in one thing. And people aren't attending that. So their website stinks. They don't put an itinerary on it. They're so it's so disorganized. Yeah. Like we would have planned oh. our day differently had we known Bruno Mars was still coming, and we know Bruno Mars is going on an eight as opposed to right before the race. You probably get there. Let out at breakfast that morning before we left. Yeah, and so it, if you're going to bring Bruno Mars in and have him play after, I'm not sure why they wouldn't have advertised that. And maybe you get people that are just like, oh, I don't really want to go stand there for all of Preakness, but I'll just go to a Bruno Mars concert. Now he played for 45 minutes. That's not really much of a concert, but and he was great, but he didn't play for that long. So I don't know. Good act, though. I would have loved to know how much they paid Bruno. <laughs> All right, that's a that's a collective. Um, Black Eyed Susan Spices, how to say. Uh, Jake, the Black Eyed Susan Spices details, throw them to the listeners very quickly. Yep, they are uh, locally owned, locally uh, sourced, uh, you know, hot sauce company. It's a, uh, just a bunch of guys like you're listening to right now, just guys that love Baltimore, love Maryland, uh, and uh, they've got a bunch of award-winning spices on tap. The, uh, you know, Trinidad time bomb being one of my favorite. They've got a couple different, you know, chocolate sort of hints that they throw into some of them. It's all just really good stuff. Uh, I'm kind of going completely off the rip here. So I hope, uh, hope I'm nailing it. Promo code exit 52 for 10% off. They fly the flag. They love the X 52 podcast. Uh, they're at festivals and all that kind of stuff. So check out black eyed, uh, spices.com, uh, for more details on all of that, where you can go and find them, find their stuff. If you don't want to order it online, uh, which you also can do, like I said, with promo code exit 52 for 10% off black eyed Susan spices. Thank you to Black Eyed Susan Spices doing doing the, the good work out there locally on business, just like Fed Throw. Um, we will finish out here. Nick Keener Medley, Maryland, person of the week. RDT, you haven't talked in about 10 minutes, so I'm throwing it to you. Um, um, my person of the week is not going to be Michael Givens for loading the bases with one out in the eighth. I'll say that. Seven. Sorry. That's why I've been muted and not talking. Not going with Tim Robinson. I th- I was gonna, I'm gonna let you have it. You have the name and everything. We can share it. It can be it can be yours, but we'll keep it in my house. Okay. Okay. You want to hit that, Jake? Yeah. Tim I, mean, I I was gonna go with Brooks Kepka, but yeah, that's that's cool with me actually. Um, yeah, no, I think you should leave coming back next week. Uh, one of the more absurdly stupid but also like somehow hilarious uh shows that i've ever seen i don't know what i'm watching half the time i was talking to eric the trailer came out today for it uh i didn't god damn it i didn't know um what i was really watching with the trailer which i think is a good sign it's going to be just great absurdist comedy that uh you know eric and i are going to be quoting probably for another couple years until the next season comes out and brian's gonna you know it's gonna be to his chagrin probably to some degree and uh it's gonna be great so There you have it. Thanks. 
Uh, I mean, we could tie this in with <clears throat> Jake's would have been. Um, I'm taking Michael Block just because that was just one of the coolest sports stories I've seen in a long time. Um, just kind of, you know, he's not a slob. He, he's been in some majors before, um, but for him to compete the way he did and just like the hole in one is just, that's just stupid. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I just can't wrap my head around it. And I was at Preakness, you know, I followed the tournament. Like, you know, of course I did. Um, knew that he was in the mix, knew that he was doing well the first three, first two days. I was mostly leaderboard watching on Saturday. Was Like I said, I was at Preakness. Um, was catching up on narrative, storylines, whatever, you know, the video with him finding out he's playing with Rory and all these types of things. And I'll be honest, I was starting to get like a little bit like a little bit exhausted of it at, just because I like woke up hungover and I watched so much PGA Championship final round pregame where I just you just watch the same shit over and over and there's like not much to talk about at a certain point and they just kept talking about okay Michael blocked this Michael blocked that and whatever and just as the round went on and, and, and Rory was hamming it up and they were just out there having a good time I like kind of came back around I was like this is awesome this is so cool he's hanging tough he's so close to to this cut line to to make next year's PGA and then he hits the fucking ace like if he hadn't made the ace it, it would have fizzled out a little bit I think that just completely For and sure. obviously I mean that, that just took it to a different stratosphere and then he had to he had to get the up and down at the end and just it, it like it did get a little hyperbolic with nance calling it one of the great like one of the all-time up and downs but uh it was still a really really awesome scene and it i'm not gonna like was. i'm not gonna let people's coverage of it ruin my enjoyment of it which i think some other people were doing in the more <clears throat> cynical spheres of golf twitter a little bit uh just yeah a really fucking cool story and i'm not gonna allow the uh the cynicism um that some people might have to uh to shade my my view of it yeah, and I he had did, did like he, an awesome up and down on fourteen too. That kind of like drew me back in, and then it was, I mean, Nance, Dan Rappaport has this take, and he's so correct on it. The the just a moment ago, and like just giving it away that something great just happened. Just let <laughs> yeah. it happen. Yeah, and announce it as it happens. At least we didn't have Faldo with Rory chipping in uh, at Augusta. What was that? But two it was years more ago? or less the same. Like, sort of, but like it was Faldo just completely just word salad vomited all over that moment. And he was just like, oh, well, I, I don't know. Something's about to happen here. I'm sorry for and, spoiling it. And with Nance, yeah, it's like yeah. he's he's going to do something. But like it was already like I, they might have made that decision because it was already on Twitter, like before they came back from commercial, which is another conversation to have about major championships yeah. and golf and letting big moments like that breathe and not going to commercial every five fucking seconds. Uh, so maybe if they had, you know, managed to not have that be an issue, they could have gotten it live. But uh, I don't know. I, it, that didn't bother me as much because, like, what are you going to do in that situation? And yeah, I, the only the alternate, the other alternate take, I didn't think Nance's call what it was like it was like michael block and then the ball went in the air and then like as it was coming down he went like the fairy tale and then it hit the hole and then he said continues is that how like he didn't give the like full just a moment ago i didn't really have a problem with it and also if you're cbs you want to you want nance's voice over the top of the action there because that's your guy so i understand sure. why they do it so i yeah but i agree with jake in general that's probably a point of the broadcast where they should really have not been going to commercial like what Kepka and, and this, is a, big, like, this is a big like complaint dueling, amongst or like dueling on 13 at that point. Like just that should have probably been where you're like heading into like very commercial for people. Yeah. For people that just kind of tune into the majors, like this is a big problem with golf telecast. And it's something that's like the, the sort of people that are deeper into the, 
golf viewing experiences really harp on and for good reason because they just don't know how to set up a story. They don't know how to follow one. They don't know how to let things breathe. They just, and I guess they're beholden to TV contracts or whatever, but it just, it makes for kind of a, speaking of tough products, like it's kind of a tough product to follow at times. And it got so bad last year for anyone who doesn't know at the U.S. Open that um, people were complaining on Twitter. And I think it was Mike Wan, the USGA president was like, all right, well, we'll fix that. And then they, I guess they partnered partnered up with Rolex for a, like a commercial free, like final round or whatever to some yeah. extent. So that, that stuff like can, two hours of commercial yeah. yeah, it can be fixed. So like, just figure it out. I'll yeah. say this though. I and the masters CBS, has always gotten that right. Obviously. Yeah. 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 CBS, when he, he makes the up and down while like almost simultaneously Hoblin's having his situation with the, with the bunker lip, like at the same time, I thought they did a really, really tremendous job of balancing those two and letting the Michael Block thing like breathe and have its moment and stick with that action and let it do its thing. And then, you know, get the Michael Block interview with with Amanda Renner and then get back to the action and 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 then let the tournament play itself they're, yeah, out. Yeah, like their talent they and their production, there. their talent and their production within the confines of what they can do has really stepped it up from a couple years ago. Like Nance has always been good, but they got Faldo out of there who, you know, I think Faldo's a good guy, great champion and, you know, great player, but I didn't love him as an analyst. Now they got uh, Trevor Immelman in there, I think's doing an awesome job and Dottie Pepper's gotten a lot better, I think, and I think Seller Shy is the new producer as opposed to Lance Barrow who was yeah. really kind of just shit in the bed. I think they're doing a lot better within the confines of what they can do, but commercials still remain an issue. Yeah, that's just uh, that's going to be one of those necessary evils, I think. And they've tried to re reimagine how to go about those commercials. And the, the playing through thing was like kind of popular as it started, but I think people are starting to get a little fatigued from it. So I don't know. They'll come up with something new and reinvent themselves and we'll like it and then we'll hate it. And I don't know. Yeah. I, um, I think that it was interesting to see that the ratings were down for the PGA because yeah. Brooks is a, I would say, I mean, obviously he's been in live, so maybe the, the, the Q rating has gone down a little bit, but he certainly stays in the news, especially in like the social media sphere. You think about like the part of my take stuff and the bright, the Brooks Bryson stuff. He's kind of like, he was a very big part of the Netflix show. I thought him as kind of the anchor to the Sunday was going to result in a good number for them. And it didn't as much. And the block stuff just kind of bringing in the casual, like, Oh my God, Twitter, yeah. like, I need to tune into this. So that, that was kind of interesting, but um I thought that was a very fun day of of golf. I enjoyed like sitting there and watching the PGA. Yeah, great, like, great duel great. between Brooks and Hovland. I think Hovland. Uh, I was waiting for him to. He's been in spots like that and just kind of wilted a little bit. I was waiting for him to really kind of grab his sack and like have a big performance like that. And he he sort of, you know, he made the big mistake hitting into the lip there, but I think he really battled all day. And Brooks was just in absolute killer mode like we haven't seen in a couple of years. And that's why he was going to be my guy this week because. I don't know. I had grown kind of tired of Brooks's act. Like I thought he was kind of all hat and no cattle the last couple of years talking a big game and not showing up in the, the big spots there. And I, I sort of wondered if we would ever get that historic Brooks again. And uh, it looks like we did. And now he's got five majors and only 20 people in history have ever done that. That's fucking absurd. And he's 33 years old. He's probably going to win a few yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. There's a good handful of that 20 that won just like five straight open championships when they yeah, were like, like pre-world war two like in, the, in the field. Yeah. The real, yeah. even the, the real names in that list are even smaller. Yeah. Correct. So he, he's very impressive. Um, I'll quickly give mine as we approach an hour and 45 minutes here. 
Um, I will give my normal self-serving shout out to um, Maryland baseball and their Big Ten regular season championship that they won this weekend. They are now in the Big Ten tournament in Omaha where they won their first game last night against Michigan State where um, Matt Shaw, who's going to be a first-round pick, made an unbelievable catch um, Mm -hmm. drifting into shallow center field. Um, He could potentially be an Oriole. That is not out of the question. He is probably going to go around with a pick, and he is a very Orioles-ish pick, a like high-level college hitter who plays in the infield. So uh, he could end up in an Oriole, which would be very fun. He is a stud. Um, they have a bunch of good players. They have an incredible offense um, led by hitting coach Matt Swope, who's been on this show before, friend of the show. Um, so shout-out to him and the rest of the staff. Um Big Ten ba- or Maryland baseball, as I've said on the show before, not a lengthy history, but they have a pretty good recent history now, and they have had three great seasons in a row, highlighted by last year's regional hosting, and they've now won two consecutive conference regular season titles. So shout out to them. Um, they are the last Maryland team sport playing right now, which is shocking heading into Memorial Day weekend, where we normally yeah. have a lacrosse lacrosse mm-hmm. team or two that is that is playing. So um, they're carrying the water right now for the Terps. Shout out to those guys. Um, great guys as well. Everyone involved in that program is, is awesome. So I wanted to give them a shout out, but that's it. That's it. Fellas Memorial day weekend show, right? Cresting over 145. Um, very fun to chat with you all. Sure. I'll be seeing two of you in ocean city at some point, um, this weekend along the way. Um, and RDT, you will be holding down the fort and then you, who knows where Spenny is Spenny an ocean city guy for Memorial day. Uh, yeah. He's not for Memorial Day, but he is uh, in other other times. Okay, there you have it. Um, you can follow us on social media at Exit52Podcast and all of your social media platforms. You can follow uh, Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow me at TaylorSmite10. You can follow uh, Banks at Barstool Banks. You can follow Jake at Jake Luke L-O-U-K-U-E. Nailed and it. You can follow... Bang. I'm getting it took me maybe two years to get Eric, so I'm happy about you getting yours. <laughs> you know you got it wrong there, right? The L O U Q U E. Yeah, you said K. Fuck me. That's just <laughs> dyslexia. Um, <laughs> um Yeah, that's because I literally was I was like, I'm not getting it wrong. I'm not like stumbling with it. You psyched yourself up a little bit. You, you psyched myself up too much. Yeah. And then you can follow Spenny at Ravens for Dummies. That is number four in the middle. I always like when you guys put the four up. Number I think Eric there. and Spenny have to host a, a crazy Ira and the douche like radio show this weekend. The, the just the, <laughs> the two of them just Oh, just like that would be very the homeland. Yeah. Call yeah, ins, yeah. all that kind of stuff. What be drop a vine into the jungle, you know? Um, thanks to all of our sponsors, uh, Black Hat Susan Spices, Fed Thrill, Jimmy Seafood, uh, Thread Level Midnight. Appreciate them all um, for their support of this fair show. Um, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, fellas. Um, and we will see everyone next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. Be safe. <laughs>